0: Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with the amazingly talented Ashley Loren. She is currently the standby for Satine in Moulin Rouge the Musical. She goes on every Tuesday, at least, and you know, at other times when Karen is on vacation or is sick. She is continuing the streak of Moulin Rouge cast member kindness. This isn't officially part of the Moulin Rouge Takeover, but I was connected with her. I needed to interview her. She is just one of the nicest people I've talked to recently. And along with Danny and Karen and Morgan and Tam, they just seem to really, really like each other and love the show and enjoy coming to work. And it's a true joy to perform night after night. So her personal story is extremely interesting. She got into the pop artist track with a record label. Like early teens, 13, 14, seemed to have been a bit robbed of her childhood independence and and now at her age now she's she's really taking time to write music that speaks to her that means something to her soul and focus on telling the story that she wants to tell now instead of what others told her to do especially at such a young age so all of this while still performing on broadway before we get into it, as always, please visit me online at theaterpodcast.com and show your support at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The proceeds from that go to transcriptions and keeping things going behind the scenes, and your support gets you some awesome benefits like getting your questions in and getting some swag and getting some gifts and other things, so please check that out. Visit me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast, Please leave a rating, leave a review in your favorite podcast player. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Ashley Loren. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? my guest today is currently the standby for Satine in Moulin Rouge the musical on Broadway. She was featured on American Idol season Mm 8, has worked with directors and artists such as Kathleen Marshall, Bono, and U2 and Yoko Ono, and has even sung backup for artists like Carly Rae Jepsen, Melissa Etheridge, and Iggy Azalea. She's also featured on season 2 of NBC's This Is Us, and has a film currently in post-production called Be The Light. She was seen in the Broadway revival of Jekyll and Hyde and the National tour and played the extraordinary girl in Green Day's American Idiot in L.A., Ashley Loren. Welcome to the theater podcast. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: This is so fun on this so wonderful, fun. beautiful day. I know.
1: It's spring today almost. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
0: So you're the you're the Satine, uh, the Satine Standby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So a lot of people listening don't know the difference between swing, mm-hmm. understudy, standby, mm-hmm. principal mm-hmm. all that. So oh, gosh. educate us. I mean...
1: Me either. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so I am the standby. So I only cover one role. I am on a principal contract. I just cover Satine and I'm there for Karen. Um, and I guess, okay, so a swing covers multiple roles. Um, can also We also have another swing who covers Satine. Um, yeah, and there's also ensemble covers. So people who are actually in the show every day who also cover um, roles as well. That's but a standby is just truly standing by.
0: You know? So you're, you are required to go half hour call, mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be in costume and makeup? No, or? no,
1: no. Ooh, can you imagine? Um, yeah, no, I haven't had to do that. Um, I usually try and come with like, you know, half a beat on my face, some makeup. Um, but yeah, no, you just, you're just there. And usually, you know, she usually, you know, if she was going to call out, she'll call out before the show. There have been a couple of times when, I've had to jump in, but it hasn't been anything anything crazy. Karen scared. Olivo, yeah. Karen Olivo, Queen yes. Karen, yeah,
0: yeah. So okay, so you're there, half hour call, uh-huh. everything's uh-huh. fine. Do you have to stay through the whole show?
1: I have to stay. Well, spoiler alert: she dies. Um, I have to stay till till that, right? Because um, what I'm, I'm, you know, and then the next thing she does is bow. So I can I can leave before the. Oh, that
0: would be hardcore. interesting. If yeah, you imagine, if you had to go and just bow. <laughs> what
1: are you? What, what? No, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stay usually. I mean, the show—it's usually like 15 minutes before before curtain. I'm mean, allowed I to go. Have
0: you have you had to uh, go in mid show yet?
1: I have. I yeah. have um, twice actually. Once was an intermission changeover, and that was actually January first. Um, and then just recently, um, Karen was sick for a while and and came back and um, wasn't able to continue on through after the first couple songs. Um, so I we held the show for six minutes, I think, and did the the Mad Dash switch. And um, if you've seen the show, I came on right before Firework and then did the rest of the show from there. That was a quick turnover for sure, but kudos to all the, all the people involved that made that happen. But yeah, yeah.
0: That's fun. Yeah,
1: I mean, live theater, right? It's interesting. It's
0: interesting to me, I guess, you know, in these shows, I think these roles... When they decide to use alternates versus mm-hmm. swings versus understudies, yeah, because like Amber, Amber Ardolino is mm-hmm. is the swing is the swing or mm-hmm. the understudy, right, or a swing. She's a swing. She's a swing for mm-hmm. Satine, but there's also an understudy. Yeah,
1: no, it's just oh, no. me. Oh, so, you're, mm-hmm. so you're the standby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: so she swings for multiple people. What? Yeah. When? When do you decide if it's you or Amber that goes on?
1: Um, well, it's at this point, it's usually me. Um, I'm first because I, you know, Amber covers 10 roles. Um, but I usually, Karen also doesn't do eight shows a week at this moment in time. So I do the Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, Karen was out for being sick for almost 12, 12 shows in a row, I think. And I did all of them. It's just, you know, up to stage management, of course, but because of the way the show is covered, it makes more sense to actually utilize the standby.
0: So, oh, so, so you're actually like acting as an alternate then
1: um you you said she doesn't do eight shows a week she doesn't yeah yeah i mean true (laughs) true i guess i'm learning as i'm going as well (laughs) i've never i've actually never even covered anyone before so this was like a whole new world for me and a whole new experience just because as you know the show i only joined the show for broadway um so they had the ensemble um and the the principals had been doing this for quite some time. They did Boston, and so I came into the rehearsal, and I was like, "What is this? What does it mean to be a standby?" Okay, let me just like sit here, watch, and absorb, and learn, and 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 grow, and all that stuff. It was definitely a a really exciting time for me to just like sit there and watch the creative magic of Moulin Rouge come together.
0: Well, that's a that's a good segue. into Mm -hmm. like your past and your childhood and whatnot because you've got like more of a pop singer background Mm -hmm, right but you were born in New Jersey Mm -hmm. right
1: yeah right 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 across the river there across over there
0: (laughs) you have Hoboken here from the BPN studio.
1: further south than that but yes yeah over there in Dirty Jersey
0: Dirty Jersey well Mm -hmm. you go farther than Dirty Jersey it gets really pretty
1: yeah (laughs) Um, sometimes Jersey can be pretty sometimes but
0: are you are you Mm -hmm. an only child
1: I am an only child Um, Yeah, only child, uh, grew up in Central Jersey, went to an all-girl private school, a Sacred Heart school um, Mm -hmm. in Princeton. Um, Yeah, and then sort of started in musical theater, um, did musical theater. Wow, (laughs) I my head on those things. Um, Started musical theater when I was like six, um, did, you know, all the summer camps and things. I was actually... A pretty sick kid. Um, I still have Lyme disease, uh, chronic neurological Lyme disease, which I will have probably for the you know.
0: for What is forever. Lyme disease? I don't, I don't know. Um,
1: ah, it's it's something. It it's a disease. It's transferred by. It's carried by ticks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's something that I think requires a lot more attention than it gets, because I mean, growing up in Jersey, I know a lot of people who have had past tense Lyme disease and, you know, they catch it early enough. They get the bullseye. It's it's a parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bullseye is like where the tick bite is. And then you get like these skin rashes and things. So it's more of a telltale immediate sign that you, something's wrong and you get on antibiotics and then like you're fine. Um, but I had chronic late stage, so we didn't catch it for like three years. I had a lot of um, like issue, learning issues, Um that I like sort of regressed in my reading and regressed in all these things. And because it had attacked, you know, wow, well, this is, we're getting into it. Um, attacked, you know, <laughs> like my brain and neurological stuff and, and things. And it's, you know, really does carry over. I know people who have, like I said, had it past tense. And mm-hmm. I know people who have had many, uh, I guess, a, a co-illness or a co-whatever. And, you know, have some people... You know, it goes to paralysis, leads to paralysis. Some people have complications and they, and they pass away. Like it's mm-hmm. a very, um, it's a very tricky, complicated, multifaceted illness. That's also kind of like a gateway illness and all of these other things as well. It can be many things, which I think the world needs to lo- know a little bit more about. But
0: Yeah. I had no idea. I thought, yeah, I thought it was just like, you got it from a tick.
1: And you, you can you have it and it, you're good. And you're and that was good. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's all, that's yeah, all I hear yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was on antibiotics for 10 years as a kid, um, yeah, just like straight through. So I have, you know, it comes with it's it's baggage yeah. as as all things do. But I think because of that, um, I I just enjoyed pretending to be someone that I wasn't. So mm-hmm. I think that, sad as that is, that was theater and and music were my outlets, and and I think that's why I ended up sort of diving into the arts. Um,
0: was it your idea at six to get into that, or or did your parents uh, kind of get to you?
1: I was a very shy kid. Like I would not even sing in front of my parents unless there was like a closed door between us. Like you can't <laughs> see me. If you can't see me, then I'm not singing in front of you. Right. Kind of a thing. Um. Yeah, but I wasn't precocious, and I wasn't that way. I just had a, an innate love for music, and I and and I was shy, but I knew that I loved it. So I think there was a little push when it came to like, you know, Ashley. Um. But I guess when you're six, how much can you really push a kid? I don't know. But I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it, and here we are.
0: So you still you still have Lyme disease? Like you mm-hmm. you progressed past the point where you can kick it? Yeah, or, yeah. Or do, I mean, do people who always have it always have it? Well, or get it always have it?
1: I mean, I, I this is still information that I'm still trying to understand. I mean, I still test positive for it. Um, it's carried in my bloodstream, and and you know, that's just what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it just depends on when you catch it. Um, but it's, it's an, an illness that a disease that I don't, um, like I don't have symptoms all the time, but they do come out like if I'm stressed or, you know, if I'm sick, maybe it's a little harder to kick it or, I mean, cause it's an immune deficiency and, and things like that. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I still have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: okay. So then going through Jersey. Mm-hmm. You're getting into musical theater, yeah. and and at some point you make it, well, middle school, high school, like, mm-hmm. are you still performing mm-hmm. during this point? Yeah, like when, um, so
1: I, okay, so I started musicals when I was a kid, did all did all the camps, did the, you know, um, community theater, regional theater thing, Um. and then I guess I was in middle school, and, <laughs> so funny, Shania Twain came out, and She her come on over came out album came out and I was like obsessed with <laughs> Shania Twain and she was the one, which is crazy to think, but like she was the one that made me really dive into to music. I mean, my growing up, we were always surrounded by music. I love like old soul. Like we were always playing, you know, like Etta James or Donny Hathaway song for you is one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, you know, we were always playing Gladys Knight and, you know, all of, all of the transformative, you know, like soulful artists. Mm. Um, and we were also always playing like know, Celine Dion or or old school Mariah Carey or like Barbra Streisand, like things like that. So I've always loved music. But what took me out of theater for a minute was Denia Twain. Um, And then I started like, ooh, let me listen to more pop music, like current pop stuff, you know. And so then then I actually started writing. And I was a part of my first girl group when I was um, 14. It was called Bliss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm still like these three girls, we, um, Diana and Jordan, we like found each other on Instagram a few years ago and it's just like amazing to watch everyone's journeys. But, um, yeah. So then I was, because Jersey's so close to New York, obviously I would, my mom would drive me in all the time. My voice lessons were here. Um, I had a vocal coach. His name is, is Sal Dupree and he was in South Jersey. And then I had, you know, lessons up here as well. And, um, I would come in and do open mics and I would go to like sing at Village Underground or like Cafe Wa or like do all these things throughout high school. Um, but yeah, it was in my first girl group. I was in middle school. I signed my first production contract as a solo artist. I was in middle school. Really? Um, yeah, just like, I mean, So you're you know.
0: based out of New York? Or mm-hmm, yeah?
1: New, New York. Um, so yeah, I just I have always sort of, that's when I started writing and my own stuff and sort of figuring out what I really wanted to do as far as music is concerned. And it's an ever-evolving journey, for sure, an adventure that I'm still on and growing and, you know, developing sounds and figuring out who I am. I think it's like a hand-in-hand-with-life thing. Well,
0: When when did you get to L.A.? Was there college in in the middle of this? No,
1: there wasn't college. I deferred um, Berkeley College of Music, uh, and I actually ended up signing um, under Universal to... Island Def Jam right after soon after um, high school and then I I was with them and I was traveling and I would you know we would be recording and working on an album I have you know like 60 records that no one's ever heard from when I was signed <laughs> and, um, yeah but I'm I'm so grateful for that experience because from there I've made all these connections with all of these other producers who I have been working with independently now sort of creating the sound that we want and I'm I'm grateful for their time and energy and I'm excited to for the world to sort of hear what what we've been creating for the past however long hopefully soon.
0: So you're actively working on on Mm -hmm. on music on albums I mean
1: especially when I was in LA Um, yeah so we're we're releasing most likely re-releasing we did a soft release of a single a couple years ago we're going to re-release that in the proper channels and then Hopefully have a song or so a month for the and through the summer, and then we have to figure out if we want to just sort of release the whole rest of the album as an EP, all in one. We have a couple music videos that we've done in there too that are ready to be released. Um, a couple more that we're doing, um, and then we'll sort of go from there. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. So this is all happening in parallel to being yeah. on being on Broadway. Yeah,
1: I mean, I definitely started. I mean, that was my my sole focus. So I moved to LA. Um, and do you? Soul focus.
0: <laughs> uh, I want. I want to clarify because soul so, focus. <laughs> focus is a very interesting way of putting it. Is it what you are drawn it's to not, do, your soul, oh, or your or your S O L E or S O U L both?
1: Yeah. Um, but when I was in in L A, that was well. I guess now you've also called me out because I say that's my soul focus, but I was still like doing an episode of this. Like I was still doing other things. So, but I mean, my. So I think maybe it is my focus, soul focus. S O U L. I think you nailed it. As
0: you touch your heart. As I tell—I can't, I can't yeah. help myself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I went out yeah. to L.A. with the intention of only working on my album. Um, and that was a couple years ago. That was after I had started working with Carly, and she was on a break, and she was working on her album, um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. Um, I then went to L.A. and started, you know, rekindling these relationships with producers, and we would do all of that. Um, but then you know you you have itches and a show comes along and you want to like do American Idiot or you want to you know do do a show or you know do a do a low budget movie or do some TV you know you or do you know work with Kathleen Marshall what yeah um, you know so so definitely went out there music centered and and just couldn't help but you know we well, said a few years
0: things. ago you were mm-hmm. you're out there doing that mm-hmm. and but. I, Idol season eight was two thousand nine. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. Right.
0: Huh? You were I, I I was like Ashley Anderson.
1: What? Was, who's
0: that? Who's that? Who is
1: that? Who's was that? that your
0: stage name, or is this your stage name?
1: Um, this is Ashley Lauren <clears throat> is my middle name. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I like Ashley yeah. Lauren better.
1: Me too. Yeah. Me too. It, it speaks to my soul. And then, little, okay, so J-
0: Jekyll and Hyde.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jekyll and Hyde was twenty. The tour was twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. So and then okay. when <laughs> was it? You know, tour to Broadway or Broadway? It to was the tour? tour
1: Broadway. It was yeah. tour short bro- stint on Broadway. Right. Yes.
0: So that was 2013. 2013. That was your Broadway debut. It
1: was. Yeah.
0: And so that was 2013, and so now 2019, being Moulin Rouge.
1: Mm-hmm. Five
0: years in between. Okay. So I was going to get into what you did in between. Yeah, but You're yeah, talking yeah. about LA.
1: Mm-hmm. I went to LA. And I was in Vegas for a little bit. I did a Baz show where I also um, played Sahin. Um yeah, I guess five years. Yeah, I was I stayed here. I started working with Carly Rae Jepsen here. I did Melissa Etheridge, based out of here as well. Um, and then at my first gig with Carly was actually SNL, which is incredible and life changing and all of that. And then so from there, I think for like a year or so, we were touring on and off. And then I moved to LA. I guess what was that? Fifteen maybe. Sure, 2015. Sure. Um, yeah. And then I, I was in LA for a little bit, did a couple shows. And then I went to Vegas for a year, um, and did Baz over there. Um, and then went back to LA and was still doing music. Even when I was in Vegas though, on our days off, I would drive to LA and we, I would be in the studio on my day and a half off. And then I would drive back to Vegas and do the shows. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's been my life for the past Gosh, yeah. You've been
0: hitting Hitting everything a little bit. The Vegas tour, the Vegas scene, yeah, yeah. the LA scene, the New York scene. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's interesting how I've talked to a lot of people lately who either didn't go to college or didn't mm-hmm. finish college. Right. And I've, I've said this in past episodes a lot that, or I'm saying it now, repeating what other people have told me is, yeah, is sure. that now college is a is way for you to get opportunity mm-hmm. that you may not previously have. But if you're one of the lucky, lucky few, to have that opportunity without going to college, right. then people kind of learn on the job, and
1: oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think there. for the, as, as part of the craft, yeah, for sure. I mm-hmm. think I've been lucky enough to be provided opportunities where I could learn so much on on the job. I mean, I'm still learning on the job. I think that's the constant. I know, like, I think that's the actual point of what we do is to always continuously learn um, through what we're doing. But I mean, I do always think about going to school, going back to school. Um, yeah. Still an option.
0: Would you go back to Berkeley? You think? No. Or go to Ber- go somewhere here. I,
1: I would. I would want to. Yeah. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to Berkeley. I'd probably do something in New York. I would love to learn about other things. You know. Stick right like here for a while. Sociology or something. You know.
0: That's so interesting. I wouldn't <laughs> think that. Okay, so I mean, the theater—you
1: you learn so much yeah. about human behavior. You're like, what is this? I want to know more. Today, you know? well,
0: even maybe with with the autoimmune stuff, you could go into epidemiology. I
1: mean, sure. You never know. You, you never know. You know. That
0: that would be fun. So Can you if you, you go, you Ursula comes, takes your voice today. Yeah, what, yeah. what would you go to school for?
1: Um, if I didn't do this, I've I I always wanted to be an FBI agent. Really, like, legit, if I didn't do this, I think I would have gone full force into how can I be an FBI agent one hundred percent like
0: a field agent, like, or I don't
1: I mean, well, I mean, catch me like in at school for this being like this is not for me, <laughs> but I mean from what I see in the movies, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just i i I was always passionate, even from a young like a young kid of, about, you know, like. Solving, solving mysteries and, and justice and, and all of that stuff. And there's something so sexy about the FBI. And that was just something I always thought, like, mm, maybe I'll do that.
0: Is that a power thing, maybe? Like, you help <laughs> you hold the secrets? Oh, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Give me all the knowledge. Oh, I like that.
0: I like, like having everything. secrets. Yeah, yeah. I can get secrets?
1: that. Secrets? Uh-oh. Secrets are no fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I like, I like having—seeing the big picture— because my brain it's can plan. It's the puzzle pieces. Yeah, plan, yeah. plan through the puzzle. Yeah. Solve for problems before they happen. Exactly. That's that's where I get it's my a hero. You want I get to be a, a hero too. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. You me got too. it. Yeah, it's a hero thing.
0: It is. It's a, well, I don't know if it's like a hero thing. Maybe a savior complex. I just like I get I get a lot of validation <clears> from <throat> you know from being on stage or from yeah. from making people feel good or, You're help, serving or the helping people
1: either way, yeah. right? Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So you've done. I was looking at your resume. So mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, James <laughs> Gordon, <laughs> Ellen, all this stuff. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that um you're sing? You're performing with mm-hmm, with, with other, other
1: artists, m- many artists, varying artists. Yeah, um, yeah. How does that work? That Do you,
0: are you perfect. are you from a small group of or are you in a pool of people that you know when so and so needs to go perform on a show they call. Three people, whoever's available. and um,
1: I mean, people usually ask, people always ask, like, how did you get that? Or, like, how did you start doing that? And, and it's just, and I don't really have an answer other than because I've always sort of said yes to everything that came my way, I feel like it opened doors for things that I wouldn't have normally expected to come my way. Um, so I think, I mean, as far as SNL is concerned, like, I had done, I... I had met some of the producers when I was doing my own album. And then I was doing, you know, doing background for this other girl that I met that was working with a producer that I was working with here at the time. And it was just sort of like my name was in a bunch of different um, people's heads. And then, you know, one person said, and they were like, oh, I know her. Oh, yeah, I know her, too. And so it's just sort of like a true testament to the fact of, like, always saying yes and seeing how, you know, the universe sort of puts them together for you. But, yeah, I mean— um, it wasn't something that I had actually, like I set out to do, um, but New York is expensive and, you know, and it's fun. And I'm actually, I mean that working with Carly Ray Jepsen is, is probably has been one of the most transformative things for me as a, as a human, I think. Um, just because I was, ve- you know, I was working on a solo project, so it was pretty isolating. I, it was just me and, you know, things like that. And then you go to theater and it's a totally different experience. And then I met Carly and it was very like... A family of tour, you know, a touring family, which is it's so rare. I think, at least in my experience, to find a whole team of people that are actually incredible humans. And I had so much fun, and it brought back the joy of of music and and touring and and stuff that you know things happen and life happens, and sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to do this anymore. The struggle is hard. Like the hustle, you have to, you know, things happen. There was the whole, you know, the whole Me Too movement and and things like that. Music industry is rough. And, you know, so that's actually when I ended up leaving Def Jam was when I started auditioning for Broadway shows. And that's sort of when I I booked Jekyll and Hyde. And so then I was like, you know what? Let me take a break from music for a little bit. This business is crazy. And went into another business, which is just as crazy. But at least it was sort of artistically fulfilling, of course. So, um, yeah. And then I booked Jekyll and Hyde. And then I sort of... Was always sort of dipping my toe in music. I missed it so much. And then, you know, back on the road with Carly was really when I was like, you know what? This, you know, this is what I want. So do you remember what year that was? Um, I, around 2015 was when her Emotion album came out, which if you haven't listened to it, is really great. Um, yeah, so then we did SNL. I think it was sometime in—during the winter months. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But 2015— was when I started working with her.
0: And was it uh, was it a national tour or international uh, or, it was international. Or, yeah.
1: I mean we weren't on tour um for oh it was more so spot dates and things. So we did her press tour. Um we did all the TV shows here. We did an album release in LA and then we did the the shows in LA and then we were in Asia. We were in London we were, you know, in Canada we did we went we went everywhere. Um Malaysia Oh, wow! Know. Yeah. Do you yeah, enjoy
0: yeah. Do you enjoy touring? Or some people are like, I can't can't stand the road, and some people just no. Thrive I, I mean, on
1: it. I it, that depends. I mean, that of course, the Carly experience is totally different from a theater experience. I've done both. I do love to to travel, so I personally enjoy it. Um, I just love seeing new things, and if you can do so with a group of people that you love, and you're you know, it's you're getting paid to do it, and you're also doing something that you love. I think that's kind of the dream. Um, yeah. So traveling Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group, void prohibited by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. I guess, acrobatics Mm -hmm. that it takes to maintain a little bit of sense of home and a sense of, um, I guess, normalcy on tour. That's rough, yeah. Yeah, it seems really hard. And I I feel like in this business in general where there's already, like, you're looking for acceptance and you're looking, you're kind of looking to find a home. And then when you're on road, you don't have one.
1: No, I mean, and that's why I think that experience with Carly specifically was so great was because those people actually became my family, um, and then actually when I moved back to LA, I actually lived with, um, you know, her tour manager and his wife. And while he, so Carly's tour manager, his name is Tony, A plus human, incredible tour manager and human. Um, but he <laughs> also is tour manager for Panic at the Disco. So he's on the road almost all year long. So I lived in LA for several years with Alex Um And that whole group, like really working with Carly gave me this whole other sense of family and humans in LA that I will never, (laughs) that I will never take for granted because they truly opened up my eyes to a lot of things about, you know, like what it's like to have like real friendship and, and, and real family and like love and care and all that stuff was sort of open to me in the home that I had in LA, which was not what I was expecting from LA. You know what I mean? So people ask me, do you like New York or LA better? And I'm just like, I don't, I can't answer that because my my family and my home are here, but also I have tr- a true family of humans that live in LA, humans and dogs, Frankie and Beans that live in in LA in Pasadena, and Pasadena, and it's just yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Two little miniature dogs and Frankie and Beans, yeah, that are in LA. So I'm I'm so grateful for that touring experience for so many other reasons than just the tour. I always wanted siblings. I always wanted you know to have a bunch of people around me um I come from an Italian family in Jersey and you know there's always drama and a lot of and a lot of stuff um but I think I just was doing music and and isolated myself as a, as like being a solo artist and only child and all of these things from such a young age that I wasn't really ever surrounded by a group of like-minded people mm-hmm. um which I think might be a little opposite because I think a lot of people find there like stability and whatever at home. And I think I found that out in the world in a way that I can now bring it back to myself here with my family here. And it's it was sort of more of a, more of a spiritual journey for me to get out of this environment here, get out of home to sort of find my, like what I wanted and who I was. And I think I'm still figuring that out. I think sometimes, I think sometimes when you're home, you can get stuck there. Um, and I think that it was important for me to sort of find myself outside of that.
0: Yeah. Did your parents? Did, are they? I mean, are they supportive of, of you and your career and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, come- yeah, yeah.
1: They are. They are very supportive. But I think because I didn't go to college, because I just felt like, for as much as I um had have done in my life and what I had done as at a, at a young age, I think it's sort of. I didn't have the chance to sort of figure out who I actually was until I was outside of it because I was also doing music at a young age where I was around this male-dominated industry of people who wanted you to be this or like, you're supposed to be more pop. You're supposed to be more urban. You're supposed to sing songs like this. This is what you're supposed to write about. You're supposed to write about this. And I think I'm a people pleaser. And so I always just sort of wanted to fit into whatever bubbles people wanted me to be in. And I don't know, I mean, that has less to do with family and more to do with just like, my life here growing up from age 13. You know, I signed my first production contract when I was still in middle school and the most formative years of my life were spent trying to figure out what other people needed for me to be. And I think it took me really going away and taking a step back and and living a little bit in order to figure out what it was that I wanted to be. And it's still something that I struggle with on the daily. Um, struggle. Maybe it's not a struggle. It's something that I'm figuring out on the daily. And, and there's I think there's beauty in it. I just, my growth process and my figuring out what I really want and who I really am was delayed a little bit because of, you know, trying to fit into the bubbles of whatever anyone else needed me to be. You know, like I know there's, you know, like think about Pink and how she whatever and Lady Gaga and whatever. So they they did what they had to do to get their foot in the door and they they did what, you know, people wanted them to, they sang what people wanted them to sing. They wrote the songs people wanted them. And then finally they were like, nah, I don't want to do that. This is me. And then they, you know, flourish. But I, I started at such a young age that I think I had to take a step back in order to really be my most authentic self. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm still on that journey.
0: Is Are there still, are there a <laughs> lot of people in your peer group or in the age and, and like your type of, of, what am I trying to say? Like, yes, there's a very male-dominated mm-hmm. industry yeah. that are taking these, young girls and kind of like shaping them for profit.
1: Mm-hmm. And- Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Did you ever, you I mean, I <clears throat> guess, is there a, a point where you were like, just fuck this, I am I need to be me or I'm giving up, I'm gonna do everything <clears throat> that they need so I can just make them go away?
1: Um, I think I was so in it that I didn't really have, I didn't think either way. I think I just sort of bottled things up and I was like, I don't know, is this what I want? I don't know, like, is that is maybe I need to be that. Okay, well, they that's what I need to be. Okay, so let me do that, let me do this. And I think I bottled it up and it came out in other ways. And I think it came out in anxiety and it came out in depression and it came out in like me sort of putting in the corner like who I was or what I really was feeling or what I was thinking or what I was saying. And I think it just, i do not I don't know when, the moment came when everything, when kind of changed, but I think it was a process. And I think me leaving and me getting out of, out of what I knew and, and trying new things and sort of getting out of that bubble was so important for, for me specifically in order to like, cause you could, you always see things when you're out of it, you know what I mean? But I think and therapy helps of course but looking back i can understand where i was mentally a little more than than i could when i was in it of course
0: would you change anything about what you did then or or you know i mean some- i
1: think i i mean of, of course looking back you're like ooh what would it be like if i did that but i try not to go there just because if i didn't live my like if my life wasn't that then i wouldn't really be on the journey i am at now and i wouldn't be who i am today and i don't want to get into the circle of like you know of that because that's not a cycle anyone that's healthy for anyone. But I mean, of, of course you can look back and think, oh, if only I had like, you know, gone out and, and seen the world sooner. If I had gone out and like, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm so grateful for my journey. And I think um it's only going to make, you know, the music that I release more real and honest. And I have, you know, stories to tell, you know, yeah. I have something to say.
0: Yeah. I, I'm... I mean, I'm 39. I feel like I know even, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I keep going back to Love is Blind on Netflix right now. Oh my
1: gosh, I just started it. Oh, I just started it. It's so horribly
0: it. bad you can't look away from it. Horribly,
1: oh God. But okay. it's like,
0: I mean, spoiler alert, 24. Yeah, yeah, These 24-year-olds yeah. like, oh God, I'm going to totally marry this 34-year-old and, you know, 34-year-old. <laughs> anyway, that is a huge spread. Like 24, 34. yeah. God, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just like.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Talk it out. Talk it out.
0: When you are. <sighs> yeah. Looking back at, at me at 34. Yeah. And then me at 24. Yeah. And me at 14. Like I could have, I, I would have tried to do anything I could at 14. Yeah. To be the pop star, to be the famous one, to be the, the one that people wanted to be like
1: yeah I mean I th- I mean sure I think that what drove me the most was wanting to make everyone else around me happy at that point in time, whatever it was that they were like, you should do this or this or this mm-hmm. not that I didn't want to do it myself, of course, but I but I definitely was more driven by a need to for others' approval than than a need, than my own self-love and I think that is what I've taken away from my life and like I think one of the biggest things that I'm trying to figure out now is like, you know, to trust yourself and, and to the importance of loving yourself. Cause if you don't actually love yourself or take the time to know yourself and really be honest with, there's so much beauty and vulnerability and all of that stuff that like, if you, that's how you grow. And, and I feel like, and that's how you can be your best self for everyone else around you as well, because that just only smacks you in the face if you're trying to people please. And then, you know, who are you? You Great, know? Right. Right. Um, but Yeah, I feel like for the majority of my life, I was just doing what I thought was right or what I thought was what people wanted me to do or wanted me to sing or wanted me to. And of course, I'm, of course, I enjoyed this process. Of course, there were things in it. I was like, oh, this music is awesome. I love this. But I think it's taken me years. And also, I started so young that it's taken me, you know, a step back to live and to be able to create and and think about the things that I actually want to say and talk about and what kind of sound I want to have and you know things like that but I don't think I don't think I went in at 14 at 18 at 21 like being like oh I need to do this because this is what you know like Britney Spears is doing or Jennifer Lopez is doing or Beyonce is doing. I think I just went in being like, okay, this, let's like, I went in truly to the studio and was like, okay, what are we going to do today? Let's figure this out. And I was open-minded. And I think also that, that, that is part of my journey that I, going back to what you said, maybe I, I I don't regret any of that because that's how I learned, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, you know, I, I would always follow through if someone was like, no, you should do this. And I was like, I don't know, maybe, but I would always do it. And I think. That's how you learn. You just keep saying yes. Um, yeah, I don't I I wouldn't say I regret anything. It's been a journey that has been an interesting one for sure.
0: Yeah. The the child, the child stardom, the child, like taking you out of the normal routine of of what is high school or what is middle school and what is high school right, and whatnot. Right, right. Like yeah. getting Yeah, I didn't go through any of that. I've known some others who have, and yeah, it's always like. It's something to deal with. It puts you in a different place because you don't like everybody wants to feel included. We are
1: oh, evolutionary. So yeah. Like yeah. our lizard
0: brain wants, want. wants a herd.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We are we are mammals, you know. Right,
0: right. So we want to belong. And then so we're trying to get validation for whatever reason. And then by yeah, doing that, we're getting more isolated. So it causes more need for yeah, re- yeah it's this yeah, this yeah. nasty cycle. And mm-hmm. so I'm so happy to hear that like. You're doing therapy and working on yourself. Oh my god, so, yeah. I mean, and,
1: I think everybody should be in therapy, honestly. Like you just too. need someone to talk to, talk it out, to stutter to to like get it, you know. I think it's so important.
0: Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. I that's that should I should subtitle this podcast, Just Go to <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> the theater
1: podcast. <laughs> just, go to therapy. Just go to therapy. Please. <laughs> just go. Yeah, no, it's super great. That's I,
0: awesome. Um so Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about Let's that. Let's talk but, about Moulin Rouge. Um, yeah, Moulin Rouge. So did you just come in an audition when they were coming into mm-hmm. into the city were mm-hmm. you part of Boston or did you come New No, York? I was
1: not part of Boston. Um I was actually living in LA. Um and I had heard about Moulin Rouge I, I has been a movie a story that I've been passionate about since it the since the movie came out oh so many years ago. Now which is crazy. Um but I mean I had done the Baz show in Vegas and and got to sort of dip my feet into the role of Satine and it became something that like I was just a dream role um, so I was living in LA and the auditions came out and I flew to New York um, and went through an entire audition process um, I guess this was last February maybe last January, February
0: oh yeah um, yeah so it's relatively quick a year ago
1: yeah yeah isn't that crazy time flies yeah, I think I totally relocated and have been a part of this incredible show for, like, almost 10 months. It was nuts. Um, yeah, so I just went through the audition process, work sessions, many an audition. Um, and I did that all flying back and forth. Um, yeah.
0: That's tough. I
1: Dude. mean, tough, yeah, sure. But also, like, what a gift to be able to do that, you know? Yeah, to yeah. Be able to, yeah, that's true. To be afforded the opportunity to like really do something you love and still live by coastally Like what? <laughs> that's the dream. I think by is the dream. Give me my son in LA, my my lemon tree in the backyard. Yeah.
0: So when you made your Satine debut, mm-hmm. do you remember, that was what, September 11th, 2019, right? Was
1: it September?
0: I think I was looking on your Instagram. It was September. I think September. it was September 11th.
1: Oh my gosh, was it was September 11th. Um, I think it was, I think it was. I think it was September 5th. I don't know if I'm making that
0: up. Maybe you posted it on September 11th. I
1: probably did. I don't like to post in real time. Social media is an interesting thing. Um, I don't like to post things that are super close to my heart. I don't like to post stuff that I like to keep sacred. And I definitely don't post in real time. (laughs) A story, perhaps. But, um, yeah, so that makes sense. But, yeah, um, I did two shows that day. Um, I hadn't had a full put-in with the cast. I had never... um, yeah, I had never done anything with the full ensemble, not with the full band. I had never had done anything with the principals. Aaron Tveit and I were like, "Cool, so we're gonna do this right now. Great, let's just dive into it, and it'll, we'll see what happens."
0: All right. So, kiss you on stage. Yeah. See you later. Like, okay. Do you yeah. want to like look yeah. at each
1: other for a second and be like, "Ah, okay, great. That's what that's gonna be." Um, <laughs> no, he's he. I am so lucky because he has been incredibly supportive of this entire journey of mine. Um, Karen as well has been nothing but supportive and full of love and. Um, I've definitely felt very cared for by the onstage company, especially given that we had never really done it. And then it was just sort of like being done <laughs> twice that day. Um, yeah, it's just a whirlwind. I don't remember too much about it other than the fact that I, I was definitely, you know, lifted up with, with love and, and care.
0: It is a very, a very close cast. Like all casts are close,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I mean, I, I've talked to Karen and Danny Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, several others from the cast and yeah. everyone is just talking so much about how close everyone is, how, mm-hmm. how supportive everyone is. Yeah. And it's a show about love and acceptance. It is a
1: show about love and acceptance. And and I think that's really beautiful. And I also feel very grateful because, I mean, the majority of the cast has been doing this. They've created this amazing incredible piece of art and they've been doing it for so many years now together that I feel so grateful that I was able to come in on a later tail end of the process and just sort of like support them through their journey and then to feel that support back is actually I think why we do this you know
0: I do I do know. <laughs> All right so we're getting close to the end here but I have yeah. a patreon account um, oh, nice. and and people. Are allowed to submit questions. So I got one question. Okay. On YouTube, there is a video of you singing Let It Go from the 2018 Princess Party at 54 Below. Below. Is it true that that was the first time you'd ever performed that song because you crushed it?
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was actually, it's actually one of my favorite YouTube videos because sometimes I'm an overthinker. So the more time you give me to do something, the more I'm going to overthink it. And that was definitely, I got a text and a call from Ben um, Rahula, who does, who does the princess parties, our fairy god fairy, um, a couple hours before and someone couldn't do it. And I, he was like, can you just like do this? You can read the words, you can do whatever. And I was like, well, of course I know, let it go. I guess, I think, like, I think I know it. So I, I truly like Laura Austin has had, like, they have the, the clothing provided for them, like it's sponsored or whatever. So yeah. I truly put that dress that I'm wearing over my, like, jeans and boots that I was wearing that day. And I read the lyrics, and it was actually it's act- it was probably some of the most fun that I've had. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Let's do it. You know? And I had the best time. And yes, that was the first time that I had sung it. And the first time I had done it with Ben, band- like, at all. Oh,
0: you hadn't even sung it?
1: I mean, I sung I it mean- like I literally— I wrote out the words when I was at home, and I was like, okay. And then I was like humming it in the taxi. But I mean, of course, we all know how Let It Go goes. It's just a matter of knowing the words and the way. Right. I mean, there's also some very, (laughs) there's mess-ups in there that are hilarious. But we just, it was just more of like a jam session, which I think is the most fun.
0: That's funny. Okay. So um, I was looking at your resume, and there's a funny missing comma. Uh Um, (laughs) Uh-oh. Because under your special skills, it's blah, blah, blah. Firearms. Special skills. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Fire, oh my gosh, a Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And and then it goes into your you list your dialects, but there's oh, no. no there's no separation between firearms and dialect. So I was like firearms. Firearm give dialect. me your best firearms dialect.
1: Well that, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Okay. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, 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 All
0: right. So the, <laughs> the oh, three the three closing standard questions that I ask everybody on my episodes here. Yeah. The first one is <clears> what motivates you?
1: Um, I think, oh wow. Um, so many things, but I think I'm motivated so much so by my peers and the community and watching and learning and growing. And I think I'm also motivated by, you know, children and, and people who come and see specifically Moulin Rouge, people who come and see the show and they talk about their journeys and what they want and their dreams and how like you know, how everything, every time we step on that stage, no matter who you are, no matter what role you play, you are inspiring someone and telling them that their dreams are, are possible. And it sort of just makes your own specific journey, whatever that might be, worth it. You know, whatever whatever you've been through. And it, and it, that's, it motivates me to, to keep working to inspire and to just live my truth so that other people feel like that's okay for them to do also.
0: I love that. next question is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path
1: ooh um, trust your gut Um, just I mean self love is so important Um, and I and I and that's again something we've already touched on that but something that is a constant journey I think for all of us but Mm -hmm. specifically for me something I'm actively working on um, so that you can truly be your most authentic and I think Again, being vulnerable, there's so much beauty in vulnerability, Um, but I think trusting your gut and, and, and knowing, knowing sort of what it is that you want and knowing that it is possible, regardless of all the other noise, you know, what Mm -hmm. other people, because everyone has an opinion, especially in an age of social media or, and, you know, in this business itself um everyone has an opinion and if you if you know exactly your if you have if you put your own value on yourself and you know that you are worthy of all the things that that you want and you dream that is the most important because it's that self doubt and the fear that is is makes it difficult for you to sort of be your your best
0: just jump off and see where you land yeah, yeah. okay so final question mm-hmm. if you'd only see one show for the rest of your life but you can see yeah. it as many times as you want uh-huh. what would you see
1: a show. Um, are you talking like movies, musicals? Anything.
0: Whatever whatever that means to you.
1: Oh, my God. Well, my favorite movie is Practical Magic, which is, I could watch every day, all day. <laughs> um, my cousin Vinny. Um, musicals. Ooh, it's tough. Um, uh, Sweeney Todd, maybe? That's another one. Everybody's is that, is that everybody loves Sweeney Todd. So many Sweeney people Todd. say Sweeney Todd. Oh my God. I have a very special relationship with Jekyll and Hyde as well. It was the first Broadway show that I saw that Lynn, I saw Linda Edder in it when I was young. And I was like, ooh, mom, that's really cool. I want to sing like that. And then it ended up being my Broadway debut musical. So like that's really special. But I think, yeah, Sweeney Todd, I don't know. I've watched the original West Side story so many times. Me too. Oh, I, I, I grew don't think up on I that. can. I don't think I can ever not want to watch that. Um I don't know, I'm not giving you one answer, I'm giving you many.
0: Oh, you're you're, <laughs> you're right on point. You're on point. Yeah. Okay, so we can find you online on Instagram at Ashley Loren, yes. L-O-R-E-N, mm-hmm. and on Twitter, Ms. Ashley Loren, because oh there's some other Ashley Loren. I know who
1: took it first. <laughs> took it
0: first. Um, and you are AshleyLoren.com, of course. You can get more of me at com. Please help support this podcast at com slash Patreon. Get me on Instagram and Twitter, theater underscore podcast. Facebook.com slash official theater podcast. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. Music by Jukebox. The ghost. <sighs> Ashley, thank you. Thank this you This has so been much. fun. Bing, bing, Pew, pew, pew. pew, pew,
1: pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. Make the world a little colorful.